Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the terrestrial world to review every minute of the 1971 classic film, Dirty Harry. I'm your host, John. Uh, We are denied our two usual co-hosts today, but we are joined by guest Chaz. Welcome, Chaz. Hello. I'm very excited. I might just shoot everyone Dirty Harry style. Please don't. Yeah. (laughs) Joining us with Chaz is also our first-time guest, Tim. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Now, which Tim are you, Tim? Mm, Tim 1. Tim 1. And Tim 2, say hello. Hi. Today we are reviewing Minute 43. The minute begins with Harry asking, anything else in there? And ends with Chico asking the lieutenant, are you sure that's the way you want to do it? What do you think about this minute, Chaz? Well, look, this one was was pretty exciting to me. I, I like I like in a detective type movie when they're getting close to home, when the criminal has they always seem to to kidnap or capture someone who's related to one of the main characters. So, so the idea of them finally getting the daughter of the mayor that's very exciting to me. I think to myself, okay, now we're watching an actual detective movie. Agreed. My first two notes for this movie though were. Uh, Harry's eyebrows and Harry's Adam's apple. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I forgot to introduce Shane. Shane, welcome to the podcast. No worries. How are you? Very good. <laughs> so, what do you mean when you say the eyebrows? Is he acting with his eyebrows? They're very prominent. Wait, whose eyebrows? Clint's. Harry's eyebrows. Chico's got some Everyone's pretty dark eyebrows. Got eyebrows. Prominent eyebrows. <laughs> Did you notice the eyebrows, Chaz? Look, I, I must say, I hadn't at the time, but now you mention it, this entire movie is filled with very prominent eyebrows. Yeah, it's all about the eyebrows. It must have been the fashion at the time. <laughs> now, Tim, too, in previous minutes, it looks like Harry swapped the, his traditional colours with Chico. Chico, when we were introduced to him yeah. early in the movie, had the... So, is this, this way of the director's saying that Chico's learnt something, or, or that Harry, sorry, has learnt something about Chico? Well, I actually think I actually do think that Chico's learned something. We'll get to this later on in the minute, but I feel like this is the this minute reveals the beginning of Chico becoming a little bit like Dirty Harry because he starts to question authority for the first time. Oh, that's sharp. That's sharp analysis, yeah. Chaz. Yeah, and he let he lets <laughs> Chico do the emoting for him. You know, he he lets Chico let out the sarcastic one-liners. Yeah. Did um did Chico did Chico wear glasses before this scene? Or is this the first time he... Well, um, well they're gone now. Well, he, he took them off, but... <laughs> was he... <laughs> but uh, is that him just trying to look a bit smarter? Yeah. That's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't remember him wearing them before now. No, but, I don't uh, think he did. Oh, he had it at the start of the scene. Oh, well, no. Yeah, when we first introduced oh, right. him. Yeah. Is this... Um, we've already established at this point that he's a, he's a sociologist or something, isn't he? Yeah, you know, mm. pretty, pretty. You clever. go far. Mm. 
Of course, Harry chokes at the idea that you can learn to police, you know, at university. I'm assuming sociology, Chaz, was sort of a newer field back then of criminology. And Harry's not having any... Yeah. Yeah, apparently it gets you killed. I'm not quite <laughs> sure how. I, I've, I don't know a lot of sociologists. Maybe it's because they've all been killed through <laughs> their sociology. Now, Harry, Tim, uh, both Tims, Harry's very gentle when he's sort of unpacking the bra and the boxer. He's very controlled. Um, do you think this is just another, uh, another scene that sort of shows how Harry can keep his emotions in check? I cannot keep my emotions in check when they reveal that tooth. And I've seen it about six times on loop now. And every time I freak, um, it's very confronting the way that they're doing that. Mm, we'll just get that back on now for you, Chow. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad that they got a dentist to identify that it was a tooth. Because, you know, without a dentist identifying <laughs> that, I don't think I would have known what that was. So, <laughs> it's good they got a qualified person. But can I just raise, when you're looking at that tooth, do you, do you see how they're storing this tooth? This is their only piece of evidence, and they've just got it in a dirty rag that they seem to get from a car shop. Yeah. They're forensics practices back in 1971. They're not exactly CSI, are they? No. Yeah. Should be in a deal bag. Yeah, I mean, no wonder they couldn't identify him later on and he got off on a technicality. <laughs> and all that. Oh, yeah, if the dentist identified it, there's no way it's going to be in some cop middleman's drawer. <laughs> no, just fondling but bras. Also, but, but, sorry, I, sorry to, we're jumping ahead a little bit here because we've just skipped past what to me is almost the lead of this minute, which is that the bra was identified by her mother. Talk to me about that. The mother identified her bra. There's, there's something going on with this family that we don't know about. And I don't think Scorpio is their biggest problem. <laughs> I was thinking that too, like it all depends on the age, the age of the daughter. If the daughter's young enough, that makes some kind of sense. If the daughter's old, it starts to get creepy. <laughs> well, she's 14. So, what is that? Too young or too old for um, your mother identifying your bra? Not having had the experience. Not being a lady, I don't know. But I'm often told in the old days, sanitary items were always put in a high shelf in a, in a nondescript plastic bag, you know, like a, a paper bra bag. Maybe, maybe back then a lady needed to go with her daughter. Maybe a, maybe a tooth rag. <laughs> I wonder if the studios had a lot of, lot of staged teeth around just for use in movies or if the assistant director had to go to his daughter, I need some help with the scene. <laughs> We're filming tomorrow. Well, look, look, I'd be willing to give my tooth to help out Dirty Harry, but you know, if this was like, I don't know, Cannonball Run, I probably wouldn't give my tooth for that. <laughs> Depends on the movie. <laughs> Overall, Tim, too, you a big fan of this minute? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. There's um, a sense of danger. They've they foiled his pla- uh, Scorpio, Scorpio's plan before, and uh, now he's up the stakes. And uh, it leads to this, I guess, you, I don't know if you guys think it's tense chase later on, but... Um, mm. This is way more personal of a crime than sniping from a rooftop. This is... Uh, you know, a kidnapping and it's it, kind of sadistic. He's been touching the victim. Yeah. And I just feel like this is a next level kind of criminal mind we're dealing with now. Yeah, earlier on he'd um you know, he killed an African boy, so all right, we'll give Harry we'll give Harry an elephant gun and maybe have a go, but I didn't now this is serious. It's a it's a cisgendered yeah. woman. Yeah. Race against right. the clock. <laughs> It's also, I find, quite educational. Like, for instance, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that a clump of hair was called a hank of hair. (laughs) Oh, I saw that too. I I learned a lot from that. It gives you a whole new appreciation for Tom Hanks, I think. Suddenly he seems like a psycho. (laughs) Tom hunk of hair. 
No, it's Hank, <laughs> not Hunk. The, the other thing I want to raise just, just quickly, guys, which I, I feel like is a big issue in this minute, which doesn't get explored by the rest of the movie. I want to talk about the fiscal responsibility of San Francisco because they reckon it's hard to raise $200,000. Now, I did a little bit of uh, infl- inflation calculating Ooh, for you guys. Ooh, inflation work, calculation. $200,000 in 1971 is worth $1.2 million now. Is it really that hard for the city of San Francisco to get its hands on $1.2 million? No, I would have thought so. They did a cop. They did an accountant. Like, they're clearly <laughs> in serious financial straits. Chaz, I'll just, I'll just stop you there. I think the hipsters yeah. hadn't taken over San Francisco by that time, so <laughs> they may not have had the cash. <laughs> Seems not. Probably you need favours to get that cash. You just take out a home loan, you can get that cash. Yeah. <laughs> I think back even then, 200, 200 grand was nothing. It was a, a hank of change, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> in actual fact, I know this is San Francisco, but I would have thought it would be harder to find a yellow suitcase than the $200,000. That's the hard bit for me. How do you get a yellow suitcase? <laughs> Does everyone like Bressler's character here? The, the you know, Bressler? Is he a bit... Does he believe in his superior's plan or is he just passing this regretfully on to harry i don't believe this is the best way to do it i'm reluctant but here look these are my orders is is the it, lieutenant a bit above his I'm, I'm still a bit suspicious of him from the the previous minute where he he was looking at the photos and then as they walked in he he had this guilty look on his face and shoved them in the drawer so i i think he's got something to hide mm. oh, yeah. inside job <laughs> yeah but it was a more innocent time, Tim. It was a more innocent time. Nothing, nothing dodgy going on in the early 70s. Fantasizing while policing. <laughs> I, I think you might be right because even though we know whether you're right or not because we've watched the rest of the movie, I think you might be right because we, 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 we're supposed to be suspicious of this guy because he goes by the book and everyone knows that the guy who goes by the book is, the ba- is, is a bad <laughs> cop. We don't like those cops. So <laughs> there might be something onto it. I also reckon he's a bit stupid because Agreed. he says no tricks and then immediately asks Dirty Harry if he wants the job. Yeah. Dirty Harry's the worst possible person to get if you want no tricks. It's like saying, you know, we only want to make quality TV and then you get the makers of Dance Boss to make it. <laughs> it's just the worst possible option. Like this guy's an absolute idiot. Yeah, and, and I just look at him and I see him sort of, you know, there's this huge um, situation going on and he's just sort of leaning back in his chair with his tie sort of like, you know, a bit loosened, looking looking a bit worse for wear, like he's, you know, been been drinking since nine in the morning and you know, he's, just, he's just not, uh, yeah, he's they're really uh, playing up this sort of useless bureaucrat sort of with him. Yeah. For all we know, it's his own tooth. <laughs> he needed the alcohol to, to... I haven't seen him smile Yeah, maybe he's got no teeth <laughs> Now, I know it's in the script so, uh, But is it a bit beneath uh, Harry to accept this bagman job, Shane? I don't think so I think you've got a pretty serious criminal And I think he wants to be involved In later movies, Harry's demoted to personnel and stakeout But... He's a homicide man. He doesn't get involved with extortion. He could easily hand this over to someone. Yeah. Just- and what is it? Like the way they say bag man here, like that's a thing they've, you know, that's just a thing people <laughs> do pretty often. Do, were there a lot of bag men? Is that like a bag lady? What's the, I thought, what's going I th- on I there? thought that uh, occupation was monopolized by Jason Statham. <laughs> 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 the transporter or something. I don't know. I've got a- 
I've got a feeling that Harry doesn't have anything better to do. Like, do you yeah. see Harry having anything else going on in his life during this movie? He seems to really be struggling for, for constructive ways to spend his time outside the police, office, the police station. So I think he's just struggling for things to do. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that's Harry in a nutshell. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he, uh, he's a bit of a workaholic, isn't he? He's a... Uh... Yeah, we're looking for a bag man. There's nothing else going, essentially, is what the <laughs> what the lieutenant's saying. You know, you um happy yeah. to, you know, go but carry bag of money around. Is the title of his name like it means many things, but like getting your hands dirty is part of what I'm taking from this. Like, just yeah. be, play an active role and do something useful and practical. Does every Chaz? Does everyone like how Chico grimaces after the lieutenant says pliers? He goes. <laughs> <laughs> nice piece of acting there. It's, look, it, it, it's, it's very emotional. He certainly took me on a bit of a roller coaster there. I, I, I must <laughs> say, I'm a bit distracted with Chico, with all his, all his facials. I'm distracted by the fact that he's supposed to be a kid who's straight out of college and he looks like he's about 50. <laughs> that for me, that's a massive distraction. I keep on going, is he really 25, this guy? Like he's, he must have seen some awful things. <laughs> the tough life, this guy. There's a nice um, IMDb description of um, Harry Gardino plays our lieutenant here, and it, it goes as follows. Virile Brooklyn-born actor Harry Gardino, with dark wavy hair and a perpetual worried look on his craggy-looking mug, started <laughs> out in the acting school of Hard Knocks, slumming for nearly a decade in small, obscure tough guy film parts. Mm. So again, who writes these IMDb reviews? <laughs> he, he's written his own. Obscure tough guy. <laughs> Vera, Brooklyn-born. Yeah, I wasn't aware of the acting school of hard knocks. I would have thought, by definition, if you're acting, you're not in a school of hard knocks. <laughs> Does it strike me as the toughest profession? <laughs> this is a profession where you wear makeup, you know? <laughs> Chaz, have you ever had to... Um give a description of what the chaser or what the checkout does to someone and you've had to complete your own, um, yeah, your own... Synopsis. Synopsis, like <laughs> Harry Gardino. I, 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 look, I, I've never had to write my own synopsis, but I must say that I do very actively mm. look at the, examine my fellow Chaser members' Wikipedia entries because I have a suspicion that some of them write their own. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I'm not going to name any names on this podcast, but, but I do yeah, quite religiously follow them and say, and say what... What turns up on their Wikipedia entries? I, all I'm going to say, without without making any accusations, yep. is that I know for a fact that Craig got a lower mark in his HSC than his Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was leaving it that. And like um, like Harry Gardino, maybe you could probably say they slum for a decade in small, obscure ABC. Sh- no, that's <laughs> in, the, in the ABC school of hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, another note I had is that, you know, Clint obviously very famous for his spaghetti westerns, The Man With No Name. And here it's reversed. We have the bad guy Scorpio, the man with no name, the villain. Is, is that intentional? That was just a note I wrote down. <laughs> I'll take that as a comment, not a question. <laughs> are, are you sure he's got no name? Maybe his name's just Scorpio. <laughs> like hippie parents? Yeah. Well, in the novelization, was it villains.com? He's, they've given him the name Charles Davis. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Or Travis? Or, no, Charles Davis, I think. 
Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, well, okay, well, that, that might be wrong, but, you know, it just struck me. This guy is a criminal, so he's not necessarily very bright. So it's possible he is just so dumb he just wrote his first name <laughs> at the end of the letter, you know. I wouldn't rule it out. Very dumb, but he knows his rights very well, as we'll later see, doesn't he? Mm. Um, Shane, Bressler, he says very quickly after Harry goes, you know she's dead, don't you? He mm. goes, all I know is. Mm. Do you reckon he's rehearsed that? He knows before he brought Harry and Chico in today, how Harry would respond. I'm not sure. I was uh, questioning that myself. Like, it's he's very pessimistic, um, Harry, to be saying, nope, uh, this is this is a dead girl we're trying to um, fight for or whatever. But, yeah, I, I take him at face value. Mm. I don't think the... Insp- I, I think Lieutenant knows she's dead as well. What do you think, Tim, too? Well, like I said, I'm very suspicious of this guy. <laughs> Pulled his own tooth out, got drunk, yeah. curving on photos. <laughs> when we, Chaz, in the previous minute, we before we knew what was happening, we thought maybe he was a divorced dad and he was just looking at photos of his daughter before um, <laughs> crying like, she got everything, the wife took them all. But, um, yeah. yeah, he does have that vibe, wearing his dishevelled vests. Yeah, he definitely does have that vibe. Oh! I, I gotta say, just for me, I don't know if he knows whether whether the girl is dead or not. But I, I personally am glad that Harry is a cop and not a doctor. Yeah. In fact, he just immediately <laughs> goes, "Oh yeah, she, she's dead." Like I just got this feeling, you know, like if you went to visit Doctor Harry and you guys said, "You know, Doctor Harry, I've got hemorrhoids." I'm sorry, you're dead. You know, you're dead. <laughs> like he just seems to, it seems to just go straight to death very rapidly. I know <laughs> most people around Harry end up dead very rapidly, so probably that's a force of habit. But still, I feel like he's overly pessimistic, in my view. <laughs> now, the, the mayor is apparently, according to the lieutenant, you know, he's using up a lot of favours. So, oh, yeah. There obviously okay. are some sensible people out there saying, you know, a yes man to the mayor saying, no, don't do this. A no man, you know. We don't negotiate. We, we don't negotiate, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what are these favours that the, the mayor's been doing? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, they're worth, what, $1.2 million um, yeah. in the end. So, some pretty big favours. But I guess when you get to that level, well, yeah, anything's possible. Well, that's pretty much all I had for this minute, Tim. Anything else you want to say? I don't think so, no. No, we just congratulate the effects, partner, uh, the effects party for their um, tooth and that <laughs> very realistic sort of um, prop that they've come up with. And um, we'll move on. Well, great. Yes. Well, Chaz, many thanks for joining us. You too, Tim. It's a pleasure. Will you yeah. join us for the next minute? I cannot wait. You bet. Well, Anne-Mary Deacon can't wait either. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time, everyone, on Dirty, Dirty Harry, Harry Minute. Dirty, Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry Minute. Survive Is Anne Mary Deacon Alive